So we come to the reading for this morning. And we're reading this morning from Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 14. And because it's long, I'm going to announce another reading. <clears throat> so then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews, and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all your people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad, and my tongue rejoices. My body also will live in hope, because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Brothers, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet And he knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart, and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptised, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Well, good morning. 
Um, here I am again. I've, I've got a lot of preaching slots recently. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm getting more and more excited the more I preach. So uh, if you don't like that, sorry, that's what you're getting. Um, the idea of Trinity is very, very interesting. But actually, it's quite difficult to find scriptures. It's quite difficult to find scriptures that kind of put it all together. Um, and, and Dave and Marion and I first started talking about this a couple of weeks ago um, when we realised that I was going to be preaching on this, this Sunday. Um, and we looked around a few different places. You can look at Jesus' baptism. That's, that's kind of quite a good one because the Father speaks and the Spirit descends like a dove and Jesus is there. So all three persons of the Trinity are there. But um, maybe it's the time of year um, for, for Pentecost. So if, you, if you've missed out on your um, kind of preaching of, of Peter's sermon for Pentecost, um, you've got, a, or got another chance because it's a season of Pentecost and uh, when God says he's pouring out his spirit on all flesh and it was fulfilled on Pentecost, um, that is ongoing. So I think I'm quite justified um, in having another, another go um, at, at Peter's sermon from Pentecost and I absolutely love it. So uh, why, why pick a bit you don't like, eh? Pick, pick the bits you absolutely love. But this little bit is what I really wanted to kind of draw out from it. This is, uh, so verse 32. This, this Jesus, God raised up, and of that we're all witnesses, therefore being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this, that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. It's a thing that happened. The Holy Spirit was poured out. Jesus has ascended to the right hand of the Father. So all three persons of the Trinity are there in this particular verse. So as I've said, the Trinity is, um, is more, of a, it's more of an idea that runs through Scripture that needs to be kind of drawn out and, and put together. Um, but it really is a kind of fundamental of our faith to understand the nature and the, and the makeup of God. And just another scripture, which happens to be the um, Apples of Gold, helpful Trinity Sunday um, scripture, which is, um, which is Matthew 28, 19. You know, in the Great Commission, Jesus says, go, go out and preach, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus was, was directing us towards this, this idea about a trinity. But actually, as, as the church developed, it, it, it didn't really all get pinned down. Um, but at the Council of Nicaea, where, the, where the, the creed that we were just singing was kind of put together, the church really got to grips with it and managed to express it a little better by drawing together and pulling out all these different scriptures, all these different places where it's the Father and the Spirit, or the Son and the Spirit, and the Son and the Father, and kind of drew, drew it together. And um, Lucy Pepiat, who, um, who is a... a one of my favourite uh, doctors of theology. I'm not going to say she's my top doctor of theology, but, um, because that would be an insult to Tim. Um, but, um, but Lucy Pepiat speaks about this. She speaks about the Council of Nicaea as being a work of the Spirit, where people contended for the ideas and for the theology that forms the creed. And they actually fought. I think, I think a theological discussion that ends up in a punch-up um, kind of expresses that it's important. 
expresses that people were passionate about it and, you know, they were kind of pulling each other's beards and saying, no, no, it's got to be like this. But a work of the Holy Spirit that this creed came out of it and that that really encapsulates um, our theology, you know, to to this day and this idea of God as a trinity. So what I'm going to do is... I'm not really going to explain every aspect of the Trinity because I think that's a little bit of a challenge. Um, But what I'm going to say is that understanding of the Trinity is about understanding God's character. You know, when you first meet someone, you don't understand everything about their character. You don't psychoanalyse your friends or interview them or maybe subject them to one of those kind of tick boxes. Um, I had a friend who um, used to subject potential girlfriends to that tick box thing, um, and it didn't work out very well for him. Um, That's not what you do. You build relationship, and as you progress in relationship, you work out what makes people tick and how people kind of work and how they're put together. And that's what I'd recommend for understanding the Trinity, that we develop our understanding of God's character. Because the further we go into God, the more we understand And actually, what I'd like to say this morning is, the more we understand of God, the more we understand of his character, the more we understand ourselves. And the more that God, that Holy Spirit, can influence and change us. So the more we study him, the more we we know him, actually the more we become like him. And that's my recommendation. And that really sits at the heart of what I want to say this morning. So let's take the three, uh, three persons of the Trinity. And I'm going to start by talking about the Father. Because how do you see a father? Um, you know, my wife Claire is a, is a trainer and a management consultant, and she does an exercise called Draw Me a Leader when she's talking about leadership with people. So she gives them a big flip chart, and they draw what they think a leader would be like. And some people get really kind of stuck up about that and say, what is this silly exercise? This is so childish. But do you know, Draw Me a Leader is an academically, rigorously put together system for understanding leadership. And there are great papers and kind of uh, ideas that back this up just to get people to express what they think a leader is. And it's a really good exercise. So if I was to ask you, draw me a father, I'm not, not, you know... We've not organised it today, but draw me a father. What aspects do you put in? What would you put into a father? You know, um, and if you ask kids, they would they would really get this, wouldn't they? Uh, you know, what, what what do you think about a father? What's your idea? What's your vision of the Father God? Now, there are definitely people, and um, you know, Tim was talking about his relationship with his dad uh, being a bit tricky, and and, and actually God kind of intervening in that. And that's one of the issues we have with this. Because when we talk about God as a father, the, the model we have is our own fathers, isn't it, generally? Um, and my dad is lovely now, isn't he? Oh, I say now. Um, he really is a really nice guy, those of you who know him. Um, he didn't used to be. He used to be quite unpleasant. But God's really worked on him. God's really changed him. But if your experience of your father has been harsh, Uh, overly disciplinarian, abusive, anything like that, it's difficult to get hold of this idea as God as a father. Because God as a father is a good father. He's the model of fathers. He's the best father that any father could be. And when I looked into this, um, 
I picked up this, this song, and uh, as, uh, as Dave said, I didn't think we could, the challenge of this as a new song this morning was a, a little bit much, um, given, given the uh, limited number of musicians. But, but this, is a, this is a song which I posted on, onto our Facebook page. Oh, I've heard thousands of stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whispers of love in the dead of night. And you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Um, I started looking at that, and uh, it wrecked me. I was sat in front of my computer. I played that song. Not much more sermon got written. Um, and then I posted it on, onto, uh, onto our Facebook page for the church. And then I got, res- I got a response from Ian Chalmers as well. And, and it, it kind of did him in as well. Um, it's the idea. The idea and the love of, of our Father. The love of our Father. He's a good, good Father. Why do you think we say it twice? You know? Uh, it's, it, he is the best of fathers. And that closeness and that intimacy of that Father's relationship is what? is the character of God the Father. And you might have an idea about God the Father being this kind of, a bit like Dave's pictures, you know, a traditional religious art version of the Father, you know, sitting on a cloud, remote and far off. Uh, That is not the Father God. The Father God is a good, good Father. And yes, he holds all of that. He holds all of that kind of stuff to uh, to do with judgment, and to do with righteousness, but he holds that together with that kind of putting out his hand relationship that he wants with us. And that's the relationship that I really, really would uh, recommend um, and encourage us to have with the Father God. Um, it's what we're made for. You know, that's the bit. It's who we are. We are designed for a relationship with God the Father. Adam and Eve were designed for a relationship with God the Father. And we are called to that relationship. If we walk in that relationship, how much more awesome are we? And we've got those resources at our disposal. You know? And that is so incredibly awesome and powerful. But as I've said, we might have problems. We might have been... Um, I've got three A's for what our, what our kind of problems with fathers might be. We might have been abandoned. We might have been adopted. You know, we might not know. We might not know who our natural earthly father. Or we might have been abused. And that's real stuff that happens, you know, every day. And if that's you, God calls you to know him as a father and calls you to receive healing and be adopted. It was great, good uh, classic Ishmael song, Father God. You know, adopted as sons. Now, um, for the ladies, right, why is the, why is the lion adopted as sons, not adopted as children? Because some people politically correct change it to that, don't they? Because in the times of when that, you know, the scriptures, um, the son gets the inheritance. So if you want to be, a, you know, if you're a son, you get the inheritance. You're adopted as a son. That's why that's an important, that, that line's in there. It's not an, as an insult. Um, it's as, it's as a, a, a great blessing. And that is what God is calling us to be. He's calling us to deal with our stuff, deal with our issues, 
and be drawn in to this amazing relationship with the Father God. So that's the Father. Let's talk now about the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is present in creation, and that's come through with our songs, all our good Trinitarian songs we've had this morning. The Holy Spirit brooding over the waters, being there at the time of creation. You know, um, sometimes people ask, uh, and, and I know, some, I'm to grab a tissue, someone grab me a tissue. Thanks, Dave. Um, people used to come round and knock on your door. Do you remember this? They've stopped doing it now so much. It's not going to, oh, thank you. Nobody wants to hear me sniffing, do they? <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, people don't ask this so much, but they used to. They used to knock on the door and say, uh, excuse me, where do you get your power from? Have you had these people? They say, do you get it from this company or that company? I'm all right now, Dave. Can't help from congregation. <laughs> yeah, could, could happen. Never know. Um, people, used, people would come and knock on your door and say, uh, where do you get your power from? And, and that's my question for you this morning. Where do you get your power from? Um, and the, and the, the best wind-up that I've, that I've heard, I heard a comedian do it, but I you know, could steal it. They say, uh, you say, well, it just comes out of the wall, mate. Look, it's just there. But actually, they mean, what electricity company are you using, don't they? That's what they were driving at. But the question is valid for us this morning. Where do we get our power from? The Holy Spirit, present in creation, is the power of God in our everyday lives. To be filled with the Spirit allows us the power and the ability to do those things. When Jesus said, I'm with you, the Spirit of Jesus is present with us. Even though Jesus ascended, he is with us. How does that work? It works by the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit is the, part, the, the person of God that allows us to do the stuff. And I don't know how the Christian life can be lived without the power of the Holy Spirit. And we could have an interesting discussion about whether, how the Holy Spirit is involved in our salvation so that when we become a Christian, the Holy Spirit is involved in that because it's the Holy Spirit who draws us in. But I could also have a bit of a further discussion about, well, what happens next? How much does the power of the Holy Spirit have an influence in our lives? Now, if you know where I live in Stirling Way, um, there's a couple of ponds up there. Have you seen them? Uh, these, um, these guys are local up that way. Um, and we, I was looking at those ponds with the kids the other day, and they said, there's something up with the pond. And we had a look at it. And yeah, if you go to the top end near Harwood Road, it's a bit kind of muddy and a bit kind of smelly, and it looks pretty disgusting. Um, it's not looking great at the moment. Might, we've had a fair bit of rain in the last couple of days, so it might have sorted itself out. And what's the reason for that? Well, it, it's simple. It, it's, it's, not a, it's not a natural pond. It's made because there's a dam and it's pushing, you know, pushing back that water. But when I went around the other side, to the dam side, it's not overflowing. And that, that pond is getting a bit stagnant, a bit stale, and doesn't look very good because it's not overflowing. And that is what we need to, how we need to be with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit needs to be pouring in and pouring out of us. That is the power of the Christian life. That is the ability 
to do the stuff that's required, then it's not really us. It's not really us doing the thing by our hard work. It's very much more the Holy Spirit flowing out of us, influencing, changing, doing all the things that the Holy Spirit does, drawing people to Jesus, encouraging us, giving us those, just those cues. You know, I was talking to, um, I think it was Dave Mole I was talking to the other day, just about a word of knowledge. You know, a word of knowledge sounds like a big deal, doesn't it? A big kind of, oh, that's a spiritual gift. And then you go up to someone and say, I have a word of knowledge. You know, have to do it in the wobbly, holy voice. Um, and, and you tell them a thing about them. Um, I don't think the word of knowledge works like that. I think the word of knowledge is you look at someone and you know what's up with them. And you go and say, is it this? <laughs> and they say, wow, how do you know? And the answer is, kind of God told me. And kind of I worked it out and I was just brave enough to say. And that's all it really is. And this spirit, these spiritual gifts are like that. They're, they're just kind of normal life, but with power, and with the confidence and faith that comes from knowing the power of God living in us day by day. So I don't want us to be full at the kind of moment of salvation or the moment of baptism, and then progress to stagnant and smelly. So um, there's going to be an opportunity for prayer this morning, and if you're feeling a bit, we won't insult you too much, if you're feeling a bit stagnant and smelly, um, we'll pray. Because God has so much more for us and doesn't want us to be tired, doesn't want us to be losing our passion for him. So uh, there'll be an opportunity um, in a little while. So let's talk about the Son. Let's talk about Jesus. So Jesus also, present in creation, and um, at the beginning of John, uh, it, it makes it very clear. Let me find my bit of John. Um, John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus the Word. Jesus the Word by which everything was created. You know, in in the beginning of Genesis, it says God spoke. And how, how did God speak? He spoke using his Word. And the Spirit was there. So uh, Jesus is there from the beginning, and he is the Word made flesh. Um, what Jesus did, I mean, we could talk about that for a good long time, couldn't we? Um, but, you know, people have got lunches to eat. Um, but there's Jesus' sacrifice, Jesus' sacrifice for us to make a way for us to come into the presence of the Father. You know, I'm very keen on the presence of the Father. I'm very keen to be in that heavenly, holy place. And there's only one way by which I can be there, and that is by being in Christ and in his sacrifice. Because I can't do it. I have no right to be there because I'm rubbish, and I'm full of sin and grot, and we all know that. Um, and we all know that about ourselves, I hope, not just me. Um, Jesus did that. He expressed that ultimate love. 
he gave up his life for his friends. Or let me put it another way, just slightly edit that. He gave up his life for his friend. And that friend is you. Or, or you. An amazing sacrifice, an amazing thing that Jesus has done. And just shows a little bit of his character. We're just starting to know Jesus. But know him as a friend. Know him as a friend who gave up his life for us. So that's my quick run through. Some of the bits of God's character. The bits that, kind of the bits that I know. The bits of God's character that I know. And I can only kind of tell you what I know, can't I? Um, But I want to talk a little bit about what we do to react to God. Now, God in the Trinity has a kind of wholeness and a unity and a harmony within God. And God's call to us is that we should be whole. We should be fixed up. We should be made right and live in this, in this kind of harmony. And it's not, I don't think, by kind of accident that, you know, we are body, soul and spirit. We have kind of three bits to us. Um, and this idea of wholeness came quite strongly um, as soon as we started talking about this, that God calls us to, to wholeness. He calls us to be kind of fixed up, to be the best we can be, to be full of the Spirit and in the position where we can relate to God. Well, some people have um, what, what you might call a truncated gospel, okay? Um, and this is kind of um, very prevalent, um, in kind of evangelical churches where we talk a lot about being saved um, and we talk about that a lot and that's good you know we talk about um getting salvation getting to where god is accepting jesus have you you know this is kind of kind of my dad's early experience um, and it, and in some ways it's great in some ways it's great you know witnessing to people have you been saved people make a prayer of commitment and that's really great that people do that but there is restoration you know, um, without preempting a preach, I'm planning to come. Um, the word salvation means saved, healed, and delivered. It doesn't just it doesn't just mean kind of um, I was going to say like a first past the post sort of thing. You know, it's not just 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 getting there. That's not that's not what salvation is. Salvation is saved, healed, delivered, moved on. Saying yes to Jesus will get you in the door, and there is so much more God's got for you. There is so much more restoration, healing, and just general awesomeness of God that we can get to. Now, I'm not saying it's a special thing, okay? Um, don't, don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm saying that all of this stuff, all of this God is available to us at that point of salvation. But we do kind of need to press in and learn and find out about God's character. I want the people who are spending time in the presence of God. That's my thing and I love it. I want to see people uh, who really obviously hang out with God. It's happened to me once um, that I went to a prayer meeting and then I went to meet a friend in a pub and he said, what's up with you? And I was like, I've just been to a prayer meeting. And it's like, yeah, I can tell. You know, wouldn't that be good? Would we live our lives like that? People say, people say about us, oh, you know, that person, there's something about them. How do we get there? We spend time in God's presence. We have the power of the Spirit. We have God's, God's kind of glory shining off us. Um, that's what 
we are looking to. That's what I'm kind of uh, pleading, that we should spend time in God's presence, spend time with him, spend time going forward from salvation, further into God, further into being healed, further into being restored, so that we can reflect his glory and draw people to him. So that's my relatively quick uh, run through some of this stuff for us this morning. But what I want to do, um, I warned you, those of you who heard me preach a couple of weeks ago um, about standing, um, I warned you that there might be a bit of standing to do. Uh, Balcony people, you need to kind of think about this a little bit more. Um, Because as as we close this service, what I'd like to do is I'd like people to stand and if you want prayer to come down the front, okay? Now, this is how it's going to be. Um, Howard is going to be praying. Um, he's going to be over here at this little, uh, this little uh, row here, down in front of the music group. If you are interested in that relationship with Jesus, if you've never prayed a prayer of salvation or come to meet Jesus as a friend, come talk to Howard. But also, if you've gone a bit stagnant and smelly, or you want to recommit, um, then come down and talk to Howard, and Howard uh, and some of the other people will pray for you. If you are one of those people who has been hurt, abused, uh, abandoned, any of that stuff, and you need to know God as a father, you need a restoration of that father relationship with God, or you need something fixing in your family, um, and you want God's intervention in that, Um, then come down to this front row here um, and Carol is going to be there, uh, wherever she is at the moment. Is she around? Oh, Oh, she's up there. That's right. She said she was going to sit up there. Carol will be down there in a minute. Um, And if you're interested in the being filled up, being refilled, refreshed, uh, or you are interested in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, or you just want a bit more fire, um, then... uh, uh, I'll be in the little little normal praying place. Okay? So this is our opportunity, and I would like you to stand and come and pray. Uh, what's going to happen for the rest of the service, those of you who uh, want to know what's going on? Uh, Dave is going to uh, lead the rest of the service. We're going to sing a song, and Dave's going to pray a prayer. Okay? So by the time we've got to the, the end of that Dave's prayer... Um, you, if you could get to where you, where you want to be for praying. If you're one of those all three people, because I'm, I'm, I'm a yes, can I have more? Um, don't worry about that. Just come to the kind of main one that you need um, and then the people can pray everything. Okay, so we, we just, we won't worry about that too much. Um, you know, if you want to fix your father stuff and then get some more filled with the Spirit, that's absolutely fine. Okay, you don't have to pick. Um, this, isn't, this isn't a kind of contest of which, which, the, which of the persons of the Trinity is a favourite for you. Um, you. We can have all three. So, um, thank you and bless you and please stand and move because uh, I think God wants to do some stuff with us.